It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It was senior night for BYU basketball. The women's team wins the WCC title. The men's team says goodbye to four seniors and now looks ahead to trying to make their NCAA tournament dreams come true in Las Vegas. We'll delve into that. It's also opening day of spring ball for BYU football. What are the biggest storylines to pay attention to over the next month as the Cougars participate in 15 organized practices? We'll touch on that, as well as catching you guys up on everything else going on over the weekend. A huge weekend for BYU baseball. A clean sweep down in the desert as they take down Arizona State in three straight games. We'll get to all of it ahead on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online. Online.net, where the game starts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get started ourselves. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 28th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Coming soon to YouTube. I know I keep promising that, but you know what? Things are happening that are outside my control, and I'm also going to Las Vegas later this week to cover conference tournaments, so expect YouTube to happen once I return. So maybe mid-March? I don't know what to tell you. We'll get on it soon enough. You'll be able to look at my lovely face as we do this on YouTube Live, so to speak so to say, but regardless, thank you for making us your first listen once again. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A huge thank you once again for taking some time to listen to the show. All right, getting rolling here on a Monday. Let's talk some BYU football, as it is opening day of spring ball for the BYU football program. Yes, February 28th. Yes, the end of February. We have spring ball taking place. You know what? I can already hear the jokes writing themselves and people saying, well, it's still winter. Okay, I get all that. BYU, I actually had this question asked to me by a buddy of mine over the weekend. Why is BYU pushing spring ball so early? BYU fits spring ball in before general conference, if at all possible, if at all possible, while also making sure they get it done before finals. The winter semester at BYU is a very consolidated period of time. BYU, as many of you might know, for many years did not have a spring break. They now give BYU... Uh, what do they give them, a one-day? I think they give them a one-day, three-day weekend. Essentially, is call it spring break. It's just due to the academic calendar of BYU. It's very compressed, so BYU's got to fit these practices in. But the nice part is, over the next month or so, based on all things right now, we will be out there as media watching parts of practice while also speaking to players and coaches in person for the first time in the better part of two years. We had a couple of days last year before COVID really roared back and it caused us to go to all online stuff. The fingers crossed, knocking on wood, all the good juju out there that you, we can muster. 
that we will continue to be able to do this stuff in person. I'm actually very appreciative that BYU has opened practices back up to the media. I was of the opinion for quite some time that we might never get back to watching practices in person, but very excited to be out there. I'll be out there this evening. We'll have a full reaction for you guys on tomorrow's show, my observations, practice audio, all of that. We'll have it all covered for you all month long in the lead up to the hopefully spring game. I have not heard any word on if there will be a spring game, but any news on that, we'll be happy to bring to you guys. Now, the biggest storylines to watch in this, and those of you who have listened to the podcast over the past two weeks or so, we've gone through each position group and asked the big questions going into spring ball for each one of them. I guess the overarching uh, conversation with regards to BYU football is that BYU needs to figure out who the backup quarterback is going to be. That's storyline number one to watch throughout this spring ball. Baylor Romney obviously announced that he's moving on. He's going to begin work for Adobe and he leaves a pretty big void as a very, very capable backup for BYU, a spot starter throughout the majority of his three seasons on the roster for BYU. And now you look to two guys. I think it's two guys chiefly that'll be competing for this backup spot. And when they're already well-known names, Jacob Conover and Cade Fennigan. Soljay Mayava Peters, as well as Nick Phillips, they also figure to be in the mix in that, but they will have to make a very, very strong impression if they expect to unseat either Conover or Fennigan in my mind. Jaron Hall is your established number one. He is the guy that's going to lead you this season. And the funny thing about this is if everything goes according to how I would envision it's going to go and how I think he envisions it's going, this is probably his final season in a BYU uniform. So that means if you're a guy like Jacob Conover or Cade Fennigan, you are now auditioning to be the future, to be the guy for BYU entering the Big 12. That is going to be a very, very cool thing, but also an immense amount of pressure on a young man. And this spring, this is the start for both of those young men to begin their audition as the lead dog or the lead candidate to be BYU's QB1 when they enter the Big 12 in 2023. Now, storyline number two, their backfield running mate at running back. Will it be Christopher Brooks who establishes control of this position and says, no, I am the next Tyler Algier. I am the guy. Or will it become a more by- committee approach for BYU at running back. I know a guy like Lopini Katoa has got to be thinking, I have bidden my time, bowed my time, bidden my time. I don't know how you say that exactly, but he has sat by and has been playing second fiddle for the majority of his BYU career and has had some very good moments as a Cougar. He's got to be thinking, no, this is my spot. I am going to beat out Christopher Brooks. I'm going to be the guy during my quote unquote super senior year. Can he do it? I think he could, but there's a reason why they brought Christopher Brooks in because every other running back not named Mason Fakahua, and Mason Fakahua is way down the list of potential running backs for BYU. All of them have injury concerns, including Lopini Katoa. Now, Lopini's injury issues have been pretty much in the past for him for the majority of the last year or so, but they are still there. And BYU brought in Christopher Brooks to see if he can be the guy, and if he can be the guy, I would imagine they're going to roll with a lead dude and have a compliment in a guy like Lopini Katoa. That may be unfortunate for a guy like Peeney, but he has got to make a move this spring if he wants to solidify himself atop that depth chart. Well, one of the other running backs established themselves, Miles Davis, Hinkley Ropati, could one of those guys step up and say, this is my job. Jackson McChesney for that matter. We'll see. But I think that running back position is going to bear watching. And obviously, we'll see some things as media. I'll also be talking to our practice insiders who will be watching all of practice. They'll give us more of an insight as to, okay, who's standing out, who's doing the most, etc. We'll have that all for you guys. Now, flipping over to the defense, 
I think the big question for the defense is, can they be improved from what they were at the end of last season, which was pretty abysmal? I'm not sure you can find the actual answer without them actually playing a game during spring ball, but I think you can see some improvement, especially if we get to see scrimmage portions as a media group. If we get to see them in scrimmages, and they're holding up against what is expected to be a very formidable offensive line and able to come up and stop the run, that's actually a good sign for BYU. This offense for the Cougars, I think, is going to be very, very potent. And if this defense, they're going up against it day in and day out, if they can hold their own or at least win some of the time, that's actually some positive momentum, I think, for them going into the fall. So that's probably storyline number three. And then the final uh, storyline that I have, just kind of thinking about different storylines as we go along here, the final storyline that I have for BYU and spring ball is who steps up and becomes the darling of spring ball. I have called them for better or worse, the spring game all-star or the spring all-American. They're a guy or two that pops up annually every year who just takes the social media, the message boards, whatever you want, whatever you like to do to talk about BYU sports, this podcast, and they just make all kinds of headlines. Now, I think there will be one or two of those guys during the spring period. The big question will be, who are they and what happens after spring ball wraps up and once they get into training camp this coming summer, do they continue their ascension up the depth chart or do they just kind of recede back into the background and are never heard from again? I can think of multiple guys that we have talked about. Wow, that guy really stood out. And then suddenly in the fall, they're off the roster. They were a walk-on who ultimately decided the football wasn't for them or they just couldn't keep up with the schedule. It's happened multiple times before, and I'm hopeful that whoever becomes that quote-unquote spring All-American for BYU this year, they buck the trend, and they're able to go out there during training camp and continue to show what they can do. BYU's coaching staff, Kalani Sitake on down, have proven that walk-ons, if they are better than the recruited athletes, the scholarship athletes at BYU, they will be rewarded with a scholarship. The nice part is most of the scholarship players at BYU are treated no different than the walk-ons. That is actually a really, really cool thing about this. Most programs, you can very much tell, okay, there's a scholarship athlete over there that's a walk-on athlete over there. That's not how it is at BYU. I've heard it from players. I've heard it from coaches. I've heard it from observers from the outside. BYU treats every player, regardless if they were a four-star, high-level recruit, or a zero-star walk-on who made all of the waves to make the team and beat all the odds to make the team. They're treated the exact same in BYU system. That's a really, really cool thing. So we'll see. I am hopeful that whoever ends up standing out this spring, that may be a walk-on that just is a sensation during the spring period, well, I'm hopeful they become the next Dax Mill and they go out there, shock the world, earn a scholarship, and then make good on the bet on themselves. There's nothing better than the people who overcome seemingly insurmountable odds and achieve their dreams. I love stories like that, and I am hopeful we'll be able to chronicle some of those this spring. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll flip over to basketball, talk a little bit about the final day of the regular season for both the men's and women's basketball programs, a WCC championship on the women's side of things, senior night for the men's team. We'll get to all of that 
in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. Football is over for this season, but basketball is in full steam ahead mode for both the pro and college hoops teams out there. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline reigns the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has got you covered with hockey, boxing, UFC. Today's the deadline for baseball to not miss games. Will they get a deal done? Sure doesn't look like it, but I'm sure you can place some wagers on when you think the actual Major League Baseball season is going to start as well at BetOnline.net. So head to the website today. That's BetOnline.net once again, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. It's all courtesy of BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk a little BYU basketball. Let's start off with the champs. The women's basketball program ranked number 19 in the country. By the time this podcast, you may have heard it. They may have moved up in the national rankings, but the number 19 ranked Cougars as of recording of this podcast have won the regular season championship for the West Coast Conference for the first time since 2016. They won their fifth league title under head coach Jeff Judkins, their second West Coast Conference championship under his tenure. The Cougars absolutely pounded Pacific 82-52 to in that win to clinch the outright regular season West Coast Conference championship and as such they will be the number one seed in the West Coast Conference tournament. I am very excited to be headed to Las Vegas to cover that. Uh, BYU will play Monday in the semifinals of that tournament and for all intents and purposes I think they should be the heavy favorite to win the tournament title outright and advance with the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Really really cool to see the Cougars are now 25 and 2 on the season. They went 15 and 1 in the West Coast Conference uh, turn not the West Coast Conference uh, tournament. They went 15 and 1 in West Coast Conference play all season long and they have just been absolutely stellar. I have tried to proclaim to you guys time and time again there is no better time to jump on this bandwagon than right now and I'll say it one more time. This women's basketball program is worth watching. Four players in that win over Pacific went in double figures. Shaley Gonzalez had 18 points. Paisley Harding added 14. Tegan Graham made four three-pointers for 12 points. And then Lauren Gustin added her 14th double-double of the season with 11 points and 13 rebounds. This team could do a lot of damage in the NCAA women's basketball tournament. I truly believe they could make a deep run. They're very much looking like they're going to be like a five or a six seed based on the latest prognostications with regards to the NCAA Women's Tournament. And folks, I... (laughs) I look at this team, and I think they could make a run to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. I truly believe it's going to uh, obviously depend on how this setup goes for them and where they're seated and who is their potential path to a deep tournament run. But they've got all the pieces to really make a lot of noise in March, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Now, on the men's side of things, they celebrated Senior Day, and i got to say it was really cool to see both Gavin Baxter as well as Richard Harwood in uniform on the court, albeit for mere seconds 
seconds, and Richard Harward decided to heave up a half-court shot that was over the top of the backboard. But you know what? If it's going to be your final time in BYU uniform, which it appears they were honored on senior day as it will be for them, you know what? Have some fun out there. And obviously, Alex Barcelo and T. John Lucas also saying goodbye to BYU fans in their final home game. I thought BYU men's basketball, they have shown that I think they've corrected some of the things. They win 75-59 to over the Pepperdine Waves. And the Cougars will be the 5 seed going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. And they're going to need some help to make the NCAA Tournament. It sure looks like that. Robbie McCombs is actually chronicling this a lot on social media. And it's not out of the question that BYU could still schedule a non-conference game. But as Robbie McCombs, he's RT McCombs on Twitter, was chronicling all Saturday, a lot of the teams around BYU in the quote-unquote bubble area that are trying to make the NCAA tournament, a lot of them lost. So BYU, they're going to face a game on Friday night as the five seed against the uh, winner of the 8-9 matchup. If they win that game, they'll advance to Saturday night, which they would face number four seed USF. And San Francisco is a quad one game for BYU. You win that and advance to the uh, the West Coast Conference semifinal where you would be facing number one Gonzaga. Well, that's BYU's best bet is they can get two wins, one of them being a quad one win over USF, and then go out there and probably lose to Gonzaga, but get a quality loss. I know that sounds like an awful, awful thing, but it exists. It's a really weird thing, but it's one of those things that's out there. You lose to Gonzaga, and then you just hope and pray, have your fingers crossed, and hope that Selection Sunday, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, thinks that you have rounded into form, and they believe you're worthy of making the NCAA Tournament. The crazy thing about about this, I am seeing is that Oregon, who BYU absolutely pasted earlier on this season, is now a few spots in front of BYU and is considered one of the final teams into the tournament. So BYU is very firmly on the bubble, folks, and it's going to be a very, very interesting selection Sunday for the Cougars. And they will have to take care of business. If they go out there and lose in their first matchup on Friday, that's going to be very disappointing if you're a BYU fan. Because at that point, yeah, you're not making the NCAA tournament. Even if you beat USF and advance to the semifinals, it's still very much in question if BYU will have done enough down the stretch to make their dancing card valid for March Madness. But... I'm hopeful. I am hopeful that both the men's and women's teams for BYU will be playing in the NCAA tournament, but only time will tell to see how the men's team does. They have got plenty of work to do. The nice part is they've got this week to get things all sorted out, figure out what's going on. Hopefully Seneca Knight is able to play. Uh, He's dealing with a thumb injury that sounds like it's very much a day-by-day thing. If he's able to go, he's a boost to BYU's chances. But the good news is you had Fush Traore maybe have his best performance in a BYU uniform. He was absolutely stellar on senior night for the Cougars. And if Foose's uh, career arc, his trajectory that he's on right now continues at the pace it's going, you're looking at one of the potential all-timers for BYU. He had a career-high 25 points and a BYU freshman record 19 rebounds. He was shot 9 of 10 from the field. He was absolutely lights out against Pepperdine. The Waves had no answer for him. And Foose is going to be a key part of BYU's chances in winning on Friday night, also beating USF on Saturday, and hopefully find their way into the NCAA tournament. Uh, We'll have that discussion uh, down there in Las Vegas. I'm taking all my equipment with me. We'll record podcasts live from Sin City. I'll give you guys my live reaction to all of this, but 
man, I am hoping and praying that BYU makes the NCAA tournament. I think they are deserving of it. I think they've finally found some of their mojo back after that four-game losing streak that seemingly doomed them. Uh, the, some of the losses this season, yeah, they have been baffling. But I think BYU has rounded into form at the right time. Will that bear out in Las Vegas We've got to sit back and wait for the games later on this week. But I am hopeful that they make a run to the semifinals. They take out USF and they play against Gonzaga on Monday night. I think that would be a very, very big thing for BYU. And I am hopeful that that will be just enough to get them into the NCAA tournament. At this point, if you make the play-in game, you're playing in Dayton on a Tuesday with the hopes of playing on Thursday with a win there, you take it. Anything to get into the big dance. That is what BYU's goal has got to be at this point. And uh, I just, man, I I can see how BYU makes it, but at the same time, I've just got this feeling, my my gut that I usually rely on tells me that it just may be too little too late for BYU. And that's it's a bit disheartening, honestly, to think about. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll round out the rest of today's show with a look back at the weekend that was in other BYU sports. Men's volleyball hits the skids once again. Men's baseball, on the other hand, is off to a flying start. We'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. And folks, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. These are the best tasting protein bars in the entire world. And the best part is they're not just protein bars. They have what they call protein puffs now. They're a marshmallow type bar that is infused with with protein. It's a one-of-a-kind thing. The best part is they're absolutely delicious. they got some really cool flavors like yummy cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. The banana cream pie is actually my personal favorite of all the puff flavors. It's actually one of my favorite Built Bar flavors overall. And you guys know that I've been crowing about Built Bars for many, many months now. The best part about Built Bars is they're absolutely incredible for you. 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed in. Compare that to any candy bar or any of the protein bar and the comparison there's no question that Built Bar is the best option for you. So get over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. You heard that right. Promo code LOCKED15 L-O-C-K-E-D 1-5 for 15% off your order. Order today. Do not waste any more time and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we go on this Monday edition of the show, let's recap the weekend and other BYU sports. Let's start off with the BYU baseball program. Mike Littlewood was on this podcast earlier this month and said that BYU, he felt like, had a really, really good team. Well, if the series against Arizona State tells us anything, he was dead on and accurate about this squad. His team came behind in the first two games of the ASU series against Arizona State over the weekend and won those two. Then BYU scored early and often in a 19-3 route and a series sweep at Phoenix Municipal Stadium. Really, really impressive. Uh, 
Arizona State, I don't know a ton about the history of college baseball. I freely admit this, but I know one thing. Arizona State is one of the proudest programs in terms of its rich history, legacy, the prospects it has put out over the years. And for BYU to go to uh, Phoenix and win all three games of that series, no matter what time of year, whatever the circumstances are, and win all three games and pull out the brooms and sweep the Sun Devils, that's very, very impressive. So congratulations to Mike Littlewood and his squad. Really, really cool to see. And the nice part is BYU suddenly has a five-game winning streak as they come home for their home opener. Yes, they'll be playing at home this week. Uh, They're scheduled to host Milwaukee, Wisconsin from March 3rd to the 5th. Thursdays and Friday's games are both set for 3 o'clock Mountain Time. The Saturday matchup is set for noon Mountain Time uh, for the Cougars. Looking forward to those matchups. Those will be broadcast live on the BYU TV app as well as online on the BYU Sports Network on BYU Radio FM 107.9. So very much looking forward to seeing the home opener for the BYU uh, baseball program. But the Batcats, man, they are red hot right now and really, really fun to see that. Now, on the opposite side of things, the men's volleyball program, I thought they were on their way to snapping a six-match losing streak. And BYU gets to match point in set number five against Grand Canyon. And then they lose to Grand Canyon, the ninth-ranked Antelopes, beating number 13 BYU, uh, losing in five sets. The final set ends up 18-16 in favor of the Antelopes. They have now lost seven straight matches. Jerem Jordan pointed this out on Twitter. It is the longest losing streak for BYU men's volleyball since 1991. It has been decades since BYU has struggled this much in men's volleyball. And it's crazy, but BYU, they're doing good things in volleyball. It's just they haven't put it together for a match in quite some time. So I don't know what it's going to take for BYU to figure things out, but a seven-match losing streak. It's just crazy to think about. Uh, The Cougars will be back on the road later this week. They face USC in a two-match series that starts Friday, March 4th. That'll be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time in the Galen Center down there in Los Angeles. Maybe going on the road once again will snap this streak for BYU. they got to figure something out because, man, it is disappointing. They had it at match point. They were up, I believe, was was it 13-15-12? They had a couple of match points, and they end up losing that set, losing the match. Uh, Disappointing in so many different ways for men's volleyball. Now, the women's softball program, they got themselves inside the top 25. They split their opening games in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. We talked about this on Friday with a win over Bethune-Cookman before losing to number 17, Tennessee, 10-3. Well, then BYU now has a three-game losing streak, losing to California Baptist 6-3 on Friday and then losing to Long Beach State on Saturday 4-2. The California Baptist loss was a momentous one, especially for CBU, considering Cal Baptist had never beaten a ranked team. BYU was ranked number 24 in that matchup. Now the Cougars are likely to drop outside the top 25. They will be back in action. They're headed back to California for the San Diego Classic. They'll be facing host San Diego State on Thursday. They also have uh, games against Yale, uh, UC San Diego, and Cal over the weekend this coming weekend. Hopefully they can get back into the win column, but disappointing weekend for BYU. They had a lot of momentum going in to that Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. I believe they had won uh, eight straight games. Yeah, no, it made it nine straight with the win over Bethune-Cookman, then suddenly just hitting the skids, losing three straight to end the weekend. Not the way you want to finish your weekend in California, but nonetheless, hopefully BYU back in California this weekend can figure things out. The women's gymnastics program ranked number 12 in the country, came out on top in a tri-meet against number 14, Utah State, number 20 
Towson to the Deagle and Smith Spectrum on Friday night. Cougars scored a 196.575 to beat the Aggies with a 196.225 and the Tigers with a 195.600. Very, very good showing for BYU. I'm assuming tomorrow we're going to talk about Sadie Minor Van Tassel winning another MRGC Gymnast of the Week. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see how things shake out on that. She's won, I believe, what we talk about, six straight weeks now for women's gymnastics. Hopefully she'll be adding a seventh in a row, and we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. And then the final note I got for you guys today is congratulations to BYU Men's Tennis. A lot of stuff going on in the media, a lot of accusations against head coach Dave Porter, uh, chronicled in the Salt Lake Tribune, as some of you might have seen. Well, they apparently were able to ignore the noise. Uh, they beat Nevada and UC Davis on the road this past weekend, so two big wins for BYU Men's Tennis as they try and figure things out in the off-the-field stuff, but on the court, or I guess I off-court? Yeah, off the court. Uh, but on the court, showing really, really well. They'll be back on the road this coming weekend facing UC Santa Barbara on Friday and then Cal Poly on Saturday. Hopefully, they'll be able to continue uh, showing well on the road and, like I said, uh, figure things out in their off-court issues with head coach Dave Porter and some of his players, apparently, who are dissatisfied with the way he operates. All right, so there you go. Everything uh, I could uh, muster in terms of what happened over the weekend in BYU sports, anything I may have missed, I'll be happy to chronicle on tomorrow's show. We'll also have full reaction from day one of BYU Spring Ball. I'll be out there this evening covering it and obviously getting uh, audio, talking with players and coaches. Coaches, all that stuff. We'll have you covered top to bottom when it comes to spring ball. You guys know where to come for insider tips, knowledge, everything else you need to know about BYU football. It's right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen. Our friends at Locked On NFL Draft, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on all of the college football prospects out there and NFL front offices and the way they, they operate because these guys have been on the inside. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Check that out. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your support as always, and have a great Monday whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 28th, 2022, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.